Hey there, friend, and welcome to the Self Love for Breakfast podcast, where we have honest conversations about health, wellness, self-care, and of course, self-love with amazing women who aren't afraid to give it to us straight. Real life, real advice, and no BS. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and today I'm serving self-love for breakfast. Hey there, friend. Welcome back to another episode. I am so happy you're here. My name is Crystal Rose. I am your host today. And today I want to talk about identifying with, uh, I guess we call this neurodivergence or, you know, uh, mental illness, mental health. And I, I think we're in this really strange place right now with all of this. So, Okay. <laughs> Essentially, I think there's like a pendulum kind of uh, swinging situation, right? So it used to be when we would talk about our mental health, you know, things like ADHD weren't really prevalent. There was like a stigma attached to it, right? So there was a lot of shame, a lot of fear about speaking on these things. It was not quote unquote normal. It were common and at least not commonly spoken about. And now I feel like the pendulum has switched like way to the other side where it's not just that people are speaking about it and sharing about it to reduce the stigma and whatnot. Like they're really, I really don't feel like there is much of a stigma anymore. There there might be a little bit um, of stigmatization here and there, but I think ultimately, you know, I think our society has accepted that, you know, people have mental health issues, um, neurodivergence, things like that, even if they don't completely understand it. But I feel like we've swung in the opposite direction where it's like cool, where it's like a badge of honor, where it's such an ingrained identity that like, it's like, this is who I am. I wanted to dive into that because I just find it, one, it's very interesting. And two, I also think it's kind of damaging. So if you don't know, I actually have ADHD. I believe it was 2008. I was forgetting a lot of things, (laughs) very, very forgetful. And I had this like emotionally abusive boyfriend at the time. And he just was like, you're so dumb. Like, you know, I told you this already. Or like, how come you don't remember anything? You need to get your memory checked. And he was just like super mean, obviously. But of course, I only cared about pleasing him. And the fact that he thought I was stupid and dumb and, and, you know, bad. I wanted to fix that. And so I went to my doctor and I'm like, oh my gosh, like Alzheimer's runs in my family. Like I was not even 30, you guys, <laughs> like late twenties and mid to late twenties. And I, you know, told my doctor, I was like, you know, Alzheimer's runs in my family. Could, could this be onsetting like really, really, really early? And he kind of looked at me like, no, <laughs> you know, um, but he's like, okay, well, like, let me give you a memory test and we'll go from there. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, Yeah, let's figure this out. So he gives me a memory test and he's like, so you scored perfect. And I was like, meaning like my my memory is perfect? And he's like, yeah. And I was just very confused by that. I was like, huh, that doesn't make any sense. And then I just looked at him and I said, am I just not paying attention? And he like finger gunned me, right? He was like, bingo, (laughs) that's what I think this is. And so he did another couple of of tests, questions, whatnot, and determined that I am ADD, ADHD. And I was like, what? Like, I was just so 
so wild to me, you know, because the ADHD people that I knew were all boys when I was growing up and they were always like super hyper annoying boys. I'm sorry, but they were. And I mean, these were boys I stayed away from because essentially a lot of them were just dangerous. Oh my gosh. Like one of them, I actually got hit in the head with a um, a really thick like log, like stump log, whatever. Like he was swinging it at a tree and I was like looking at a bug or something kneeling down and he with another boy and then he just swung and hit me with it. Like that, I don't even know where that story came from, but this was the ADHD boy, neighbor boy. So I always just like looked at ADHD as like crazy hyper, right? Because that's how I had experienced it with others. And so of course, like being a woman, I just didn't, I, don't, I didn't know anyone else really that needed Adderall or any kind of medication. I did go on medication and, and it was fine. I was like, holy shit, like I'm so productive. Like this is cool. I didn't realize that like that was even an issue. I didn't realize how distracted I was getting. I didn't realize that it was all essentially, I sucked at paying attention. You know, I didn't realize a lot of these things that I thought were my personality were my brain uh, just operating in a completely different way from the status quo. So over the years, I ditched the medication and just tried to like, I don't know, live life without dealing with it for a little bit, I think. And then over time, I learned that there were different ways I could manage it, right? And so I was kind of like coping. And then I learned ways to like help it work for me. And so now as a business owner who has ADHD, like it's just the way my brain operates, right? Like I don't know of anything that can quote unquote heal it at this moment. (laughs) I am not aware. However, I just don't want to, you know, I, I don't, I want to make it very clear. I don't think there's wrong, anything wrong with taking medication. I, me personally, do not want to be on something forever. I do not want to take a pill forever for something that I'm going to have forever. It's just a personal preference. I just don't want to put chemicals in here, you know? And I'm really big on that with like, oh my gosh, like makeup and skincare and cleaning products and all the things. Like I I really try to limit what goes in or on my body and around my body when it comes to chemical intake. And I think that that is a personal preference for you to make for yourself or not. Um, You know, I took medication in the beginning because I didn't really have like any big thoughts about it. Um, I had been on plenty of medications as a teenager for anxiety, depression, sleeping. You know, again, I (laughs) struggled with insomnia for like my whole life. So, you know, I was no stranger to medication. So I took it, I did it. And and I think like somewhere along the lines, I just was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to take a pill anymore. So I learned to like work with it. And yeah, there are days where I'm like, man, my ADHD is just like on fire (laughs) today. And there are days where like I'm cruising and I'm great and, and I'm working with it. And so I've just really learned to work with it now, especially, and I think honestly, diet has a, has a big part in it and having like an energetic release, like being able to release energy. Um, instead of just like holding it all the time, I think is really important as well. So I've done things to really support myself. Now, I don't run around on social media, like, uh, I guess, identifying myself as an ADHD business owner or, you know, really going hard on that ADHD thing. 
I've also, if you've known me for a while, and if you're new, then I'll give you a little insight. <laughs> um, if you know me for a while, then you know that like I've struggled a lot in the past with anxiety and depression. You know, I experienced childhood trauma and uh, adult trauma and just so many things that it was like a manifestation from a dysregulated nervous system. And I did struggle with anxiety. And I experienced it quite a bit. And I also experienced depression quite a bit. And I'm really proud and grateful to say that I healed those things. Uh, in 2020, started my healing journey, like true healing journey. I'd been in and out of therapy, you know, on and off my whole life, taking the medications, tried the mindset work, listened to the podcast, tried to get, get the F out of my own way and un-F myself and, you know, like, all of the the badass books and all of these things, like trying to fix myself, trying to improve all of that. Like I did not want to struggle with these things. And when I went through the actual healing process, I was able to move through these things, release these things. I don't experience them anymore. I just don't. Uh, when I experience anxiety, it's very minimal. It's very rare. And it's very clear that there's something going on that needs to be addressed and I'm able to move through it. When it comes to depression, I used to go into these spirals and like wait to get out. And I wasn't taking medication at the time. And so, you know, eventually I'd get out of it and it was back and forth. And I felt like I wanted to disappear daily. And like, you know, this is kind of hard for me to share, not because I, I'm like, oh, it's vulnerable and, and whatnot. I've shared about this a lot, but I'm I'm worried often that people can't relate to this, that people can't relate to that deep despair that I had felt for so long. Because, you know, when it comes to the work that I do, you don't need to be dangling by a thread. In fact, I prefer you're not dangling by a thread, you know, in order for me to help you improve your life or create something amazing and different and new, uh, stop struggling, create new beliefs, shatter old beliefs, all of those things we can do. Um, <laughs> but you you do not need dangling by a thread. And like I said, that in fact, I prefer that you're not. And so I was dangling by a thread on and off for quite some time. And so now I think that's why I'm having like such a reaction to what I'm seeing on social media now. Like, I feel like it's almost a joke or like proud to be these things, which I'm not saying you should be ashamed of them. Absolutely not. Like if you struggle and experience, you know, anxiety, like I don't think you should be ashamed. I don't think that's valuable to be ashamed. You know, same thing with depression or ADHD or or really any other sort of like thing in that arena. But it's just kind of weird to me how it seems like very accepted. Like I have anxiety. I have I have mental breakdowns. I have this, I have that. And it's just kind of like, that's my life. Like, there it is. Like, it's kind of mind boggling to me. And I just see like a lot of like memes about how we're dangling by threads. We have our menti bees, which, yes, kind of, kind of a cute way to say mental breakdown, you know, but like, what? Like, what the fuck? What are we doing? And, and talking about how, how anxiety and depression are essentially like your identity. It's forward facing. It's like, this is who I am. And I guess why I have such an issue with that is because like, no, it's not. No, it's not. There are some, there are things you experience, you know, oh, I have mental illness. And like, 
you know, this obviously could be heavily debated. And the thing is with mental illness is that people look at it as though it's a life sentence, anxiety, depression, right? I'm just stuck with it forever. And yet when we have a physical illness, we expect to get better, right? We don't take, like, if someone was like, oh, hey, like, you have the flu, so, like, take this pill every single day for the rest of your life and you won't have the flu, but if you stop taking the pill, the flu is going to come back. Like, that wouldn't, that doesn't happen. (laughs) That doesn't happen, right? So, why are we accepting that for our mental health? Why are we accepting and embracing And bragging about and forward facing this, like, I have anxiety, I have depression, I am unstable, I am whatever, but like, haha, it's funny. Like, no, it's not. (laughs) No, it's not. Like, I get humor can be a fun way to cope. Absolutely. But we have to recognize it as coping. It is coping. You know, and again, also like with therapy and people are like talking about their therapist, joking about their therapist, and it's just like become this like way of life, which again, I think it's wonderful that there isn't a stigma or as much of a stigma um, and that people are more open about it. But again, um, here we are making this like our identity. This is who I am. I have many bees and I'm an, I'm an anxious person and I do X, Y, and Z. I suffer from mental illness, et cetera, et cetera. And like, why are we just accepting this? I think that's why I'm just like, why are you just accepting that you have mental illness for life? Why aren't you demanding to feel better? Why aren't you asking your therapist, hey, like, yeah, okay, we made progress in X, Y areas, but why am I still dealing with trauma? Or why am I still dealing with wounds from childhood or however many years ago? Why am I still doing these behaviors? Maybe I know why I'm doing the behavior, but why haven't I been able to stop the behavior? Why am I still feeling up and down? Why am I still experiencing anxiety every single day? Why am I still circling the drain and depression? Like, why aren't we asking these questions? Because the majority of the people in the mental health space do not know how to help you. They do not. They do not. It doesn't matter how much school they've had, the majority of them do actually not know how to help you and they put it all on you to be the one to figure it out. And so I hear this, you know, the term normalizing, like normalize this and normalize that, right? Here's the thing is mental health issues, even ADHD, right? Like these things are not normal but they are common and people mistake the two one for each other. Just because something happens often or happens with a lot of people does not make it normal. When you experience anxiety or depression, your body, your nervous system is dysregulated. That is what it ultimately boils down to. And it may be dysregulated because of something that happened to you. And it may have been a series of conditioning over time. Like maybe there isn't some big thing that happened. And maybe you just are experiencing things and wondering why you're like this because you didn't suffer a big trauma. And those of you who did suffer a big trauma and you know exactly why you are the way that you are, you still might be frustrated that you don't know how to fix it. You don't know how to heal. 
that's a big, big possibility for a lot of people. That was really big for me. I knew exactly why I was messed up. I knew exactly why I felt the way that I felt. Um, I had all that self-awareness, but I did not know how to fix it. I did not know how to heal myself. I was not, I, I, I've tried so many things. I tried so many things. And I get it. Like, I get that it's natural to just go ahead and embrace it, right? Like, because when you feel hopeless that you can be out of it, you know, you can't beat them, join them. And I think there's also a secondary gain here. I think that there's also the, you know, maybe there's the camaraderie of other people experiencing the same thing or similar things. And misery loves company. And I think there's also the, you know, the secondary gain of attention, not saying, oh, you're being, you know, having anxiety for attention or whatever, but I'm saying like, you know, being in it and feeling for yourself or having others feel for you. Like if, especially, you know, when you're doing great, quote unquote, great, like people aren't checking up on you they're not, you know, worried about you. Um, but when you're struggling, people are worried about you. People are likely to check in if they know, if they're aware of it, right? So I know for me, it was very, very comforting for me to feel bad for myself, for me to like swirl in this spiral because no one else was feeling for me. No one else felt for me in the past and and someone had to do it. And so I would feel for myself. And that was like a, like a secondary thing I was getting out of it. I don't think it's easy. I don't think dealing with mental health and I don't think dealing with ADHD either is easy. But I also think you are more than just a diagnosis. I think you are more than your brain chemistry. I think you are more than your nervous system. You are more than what happened to you or what didn't happen to you or for you or the experience of growing up or the conditioning that you went through, the societal conditioning that you're going through, like you are more than that. You are more than this. And so instead of normalizing struggling with mental health, why aren't we normalizing healing from it? Why? I spent close to 37 years struggling struggling on and off and up and down and coping in different ways you know attention love sex alcohol pills food exercise work being a workaholic trying to hustle to become worthy all so many things so many ways that I was trying to like meet the needs and and I the way I was struggling, just struggling and struggling and struggling in so many different ways over and over and over again. I changed the vessel but never changed or or healed the underlying root cause until three years ago. And I think it's so freaking lonely that people don't realize there actually are options out there that are more than just the regular take meds, go to therapy, blah, blah, blah. You know, like there actually are things that can help you heal. And people are like, oh, I'm not healed. I'm healing. Bullshit. That's propaganda. That is propaganda Propaganda of the mental health space that does not know how to actually help you. And saying things like, oh, you know, as a healer, like you don't heal people. They have to heal themselves because like we're going to take their power away. 
if we say, you know, I can heal you. And, and honestly, like, yes, I think you're responsible for your own healing for sure. But also if you have shitty facilitators, coaches, therapists, like it's also on them because they are not adequate enough to help you heal, to facilitate the process of healing. If you've been in therapy for five plus years, two plus years, however long, and, and those roots are not healed, fire your therapist. If you've been with a coach and you're not seeing progress, fire them. And I'm talking like you spent a year with someone and you're not seeing any progress or like, you, oh, well, I think about a couple of things differently, but overall, no, there should be progress in how you are feeling. It should be profound. It should be profound. I guess you could say I'm very passionate about this subject. But again, I'm not speaking on this from an outsider looking in. I am speaking on it as someone who has dealt with their own own demons, their own personal battles, their own struggles for years and years and years, thinking that like this was a life sentence. And then finally actually healing, actually healing the roots and just becoming a new person, but at the same time, the person I always was underneath all of the bullshit. Peeling back the layers, finding childlike joy in my life, fulfillment. I don't talk about these things because I want to brag about them and be like, oh, wow, my life is so great and it used to suck and like, you know, buy my shit. Like, no, I want you to know that there is a way out if you do not feel great. This is not a life sentence. And like, while it's cute and fun to make content, like poking at it and like identifying with it and cracking jokes, like there comes a point where it's like, do you actually really want to live like this? Do you, do you want to live like this? Because it's a choice. You don't have to. There is a way out. There is. So yeah, I think that's just been on my mind lately. And I'm sure this is coming off as some kind of crazy rant. <laughs> But, you know, it really has been on my mind in the sense of I'm just in awe of how things have shifted so much where we've just accepted. We've accepted that so many people are struggling, that so many people are hurting. And we're just like, it's normal. It's okay. It's normal. Normalize struggling with your mental health. No, 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 no. We got to normalize healing, healing our mental health. We got to normalize healing and regulating our nervous system. We have to normalize healing because it is possible. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. If you want to pop in my DMs on Instagram at Rose or you know on Facebook, again, this is quite a touchy topic. And do I think that maybe I discussed it perfectly? I don't know. Probably not. Maybe. <laughs> but this is how I feel. And these are my thoughts about it. And I really, really wanted to hop on here and just be raw and real with you and just share it with you like what I'm what I'm thinking what I'm feeling and and as someone who has you know switched careers and given away my business and closed down a business so that I could go all in on helping others like it's just really really important to me it's really really important to me that people know that there are more options and that we don't have to just accept that this is the way life is we also don't have to be on medication forever. I think if it helps you and if you're struggling and you need it, you know, for a bit, like by all means, but we're putting a bandaid on a bullet wound and we need a long-term strategy. We need a long-term plan. 
It's not a long-term solution. It's great to take care of yourself in that way. And I'm honestly, if you are in therapy, if you are on medication, if you are trying and you're you're doing the things to like try to feel better, like I'm so, so proud of you. I am so, so proud of you because we are living in a world, you know, you're trying to heal in a world that does not make it easy for you. And that tells you everything is your fault. And if you've just given up and you're like, whatever, I'm just going to like crack jokes about it. Like I feel for you too. I know it's hard. I know it is. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And you're not alone and you're not in this alone. And, you know, as we say, we're trying to normalize it, right? It's common. It's very common. And I know that can be very disheartening. And if you are struggling and people don't know it, oh my God, please tell someone, please, please. There are so many times that like I felt so, so, so alone and I I couldn't even fathom telling people how awful I felt because I just knew they wouldn't or couldn't understand. Like that exists and I'm very aware of that. I know that that exists. But there were at least a couple of people that I I would just tell even if I knew that they wouldn't say the right thing and they didn't get it. But it was a tether. It was a tether of at least like this person is is in it with me in that sense where I've shared this with them. So all of that to say, let's stop normalizing struggling and let's start moving towards healing. Let's start normalizing healing and regulated nervous systems and and not living in fight or flight constantly and being stressed about everything and all the things. I've been there. And it's miserable. So I hope that something about this episode spoke to you. I hope maybe it helped you in some sort of way. And I hope that you know, you know, me pointing this out is never is never me intending to shame anyone who is experiencing any of this. I know how hard it is. So a good start to separate, you know, the mental health component from your identity is instead of saying like, I have ADHD, I have anxiety, I have depression, I am anxious, I am depressed. You know, saying things like, I experience anxiety, I'm experiencing depression. And saying that, it kind of like separates it a little bit from who you are, because it's not who you are, it's what you're experiencing. And you're able to observe it from a little bit more of like a bird's eye view in a way. And that can actually really help. So thank you so much, you guys, for hanging out with me today on the podcast, and I will catch you on the next episode. If this episode hit with you, please go out there and share it. Share it in your Instagram story, send it to a friend who might need it, or even just drop in my DMs on Instagram at Rose and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you guys. Thanks for listening.